The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Gemma Daggett. I'm Ben Hartworth. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman. I came at the end. It's so weird and crazy. I'm switching shit up. I don't know. I just, I'd like new things, guys. New things. How's everybody doing this week? Good. Good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. If I you got, don't know. Uh, oh, go ahead. The week then. start? Is it? Is it the start of a week? I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sunday. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's I tomorrow. Go, I gotta go to work early. Early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm dying and I still have to go to work because I can't physically miss work tomorrow because I have a lot of things I have to fucking do. But I'm totally, I'm taking a delayed sick day on Tuesday. I'm just telling it right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is anyone nice. else sick? Is it just me? I'm just, yeah, I just catch uh, everything. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have the man flu. It's okay, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't know, you're listening to the Movie Gang podcast. It's the the podcast with a bunch of friends that get drunk and talk about movies. Uh, this week we'll be doing the Netflix. Uh, I, I guess is it. It's not really Netflix original. It's Alfonso Cuarón nope, directed. Well, it's original. I mean, they paid for it. It's not yeah. like one where they bought Netflix, like Netflix did the money for it. But you can tell there's no bad CG, so they didn't like do the production. <laughs> oh, <I see. laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, I think everybody... I don't think Netflix has their own production houses, as far as I know. They just pay for stuff. Right, right. Um, so usually it's just different things, other things. Anyway, it doesn't this- stop them from calling it original. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they paid for it. I mean, they hit the, I mean it's not like Cloverfield Paradox where yeah. they just bought it. I mean, they, they straight up... Yeah, this movie Te- wouldn't exist without Netflix paying. Te- so. Technically, the Seven Deadly Sins is like original Netflix, which I don't, I can't get into all the ways it's not original. Um, but like, right, uh, you Better Call Saul is listed oh, Lord. as original Netflix on yeah. outside of the country because they have. Yeah, Katie was really at, mad about that 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 uh, stalker show, You or whatever it was, that was originally on Lifetime and got moved to Netflix, and no one had saw it, so they just sold it as because they 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 did produce the second season of it, uh, but because they put it on Netflix, they called it a Netflix original, and that just made her mad because she's like, I watched it when it was when no one liked this show, and I was like, congratulations, she's babe. the hipster of the of You. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I realize sometimes that because of her, my media diet is really fucking weird like because i like add anime to the mix and she adds like a lot of other stuff and between like us YA. we don't oh yeah she adds a lot of ya but i don't necess- i don't have to read after her thank god i i no, no nothing against ya i just no yeah maybe something against ya yeah i didn't say shit um anyways this week we're gonna be talking about you're welcome for introducing you to the bachelor i love you yes. baby <laughs> Oh, I love you. <laughs> Everybody says hey. Say hey, assholes. Come on. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this week we're going to be looking at, we're going to be reviewing Roma. Uh, so this week, uh, let's do a thing. I don't really have a really good summary for this because the summary, the official summary says from Academy Award winning Alfonso Cuaron, director of Gravity and Children of Men, written and directed by Alfonso Cuaron. That's pretty 
much uh the summary uh a lot of stuff happens in this movie but it it uh it primarily takes place in uh colonia roma in a neighborhood in mexico city and it kind of tells like the trials and tribulations of a of a of a house cleaner there named sophia and the family that she uh helps as well as kind of the trials and tribulations of the family and kind of about the time period of kind of uh roma the the area and mexico city and kind of what it was going through it's kind of a i mean it's kind of a tableau of like life it's kind of you know this i I don't want to use the term slice of life because it's an anime term but it is kind of in its own way like a slice of life in terms of looking at like deep emotional issues tied into the time period and everything else uh so let's go ahead and start around the circle uh trevor i don't ever start with you for whatever reason i'm sorry (laughs) i think you start with me sometimes I, I don't mind. I don't. I don't, I don't know, know what to say. About I don't know this movie anyway. So uh, I think I think that's going to be the interesting things. I, I, let's start with like the basic thing here. Do you like this movie? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I mean, it's beautiful. Um, I felt like this sense of dread at eventually at like every turn where I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Yep, that's 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 what happened. And then like utter. Like, and and surprise sometimes because there's one of them that I didn't see coming. Just how much of a dick the um, the the guy was gonna be, and yeah, and like there are other just like, moments where I was just utterly confused. Like shower, there's a man shower in a stall karate. I love that. Yeah, oh yeah. Gosh. I was like, oh, he's uh, martial arts. He's gonna be cool. Nope. He's, nope. he's not gonna be. Cool. I, I I'm not gonna lie. Anyone that was doing martial arts in their boxers, I was like, mm, he's not gonna be cool. Yeah. Like, I he was not yeah. in boxers. Let's uh, let's get back to that point. Let's, let's, yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Point. Like um, you've never come on. Everyone's done like once in their life. They've been like in their boxers at home and they've just like been in front of a mirror and been like hey yeah is that just is that just me just tai chi here is that me i have to say it's you okay cool well i'm a cool fucking person you and for me you and for me are the only ones and that dude from die hard too yeah i I knew that i knew you'd get the reference thank you ben that's what i that's what i keep you here for (laughs) thank you um yeah uh i i don't know if i liked it we'll, we'll get around to this because it's it's I, I don't know sometimes i i i can never decide if i like movies like this a little bit because a little bit sometimes it's like a tableau of suffering a little bit um <laughs> yeah. a little bit yeah and and, and, and it's, it, i think it's like what really like turns in and it's mostly like the end movie you know mega spoilers for this movie because if you haven't gone seen it on netflix i think i probably am going to end up recommending that you go check it out but uh you know it's kind of about her dealing with her life in different ways and her connection to this family but also like her desire at the end of the movie to not have her child like she was thankful that she didn't have the child or bring it into the world which was a statement i thought about the world as a whole and the difficulties of it yeah, and it's kind of it well, kind of ends on this note, especially. Yeah. yeah, this note that's like the negativities of life and the difficulties of life sometimes aren't worth it. Or I don't know, like she's thankful that somebody doesn't have to else go through like kind of what she's been through. I I don't know. It's very it's a very complicated morality, and I think that's what I like most about this film is the morality that it tries to go into or deal with at the end. Uh, it's also gorgeous. This is the this is probably one of the prettiest fifteen million dollar movies I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, ben, do you do you kind of agree with that, or what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I said I said on the message that i don't have a great read on this movie because 
It's one of the most technically proficient films I've ever seen that also left me very cold uh, and not very engaged, yet was mm. deeply engaged by how it looked. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron's always been an unbelievable talent in terms of... Uh, and he actually shot this film, so it's not even like, you know, you can credit a great DP. He was the DP. He was the editor. He was the writer. This is a yeah. Alfonso Cuaron film through and through. Everything that is great about this film... Outside of uh, the great performances, uh, comes from him, um, and uh, one of those true kind of auteurie movies in that way. And uh, it's it's unbelievably well filmed. It's very it's also very interesting because, uh, and we can go more into this. It's not it's showy entirely in terms of blocking and movement, and not in terms of camera movement. The camera is very still in this movie, except for one unreal shot that is insane to me and i was yeah only it's one of those shots that only film nerds will go yeah how the fuck did you do okay. this have you have you researched it because i don't i honestly yes. don't know how they did i have read all about all it right. tell, tell, tell me about it because i i have not had the time because i i literally finished up roma like right before we did this uh but i have not had the time to research it how was it done can you explain and wait, explain wait, 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 the shot. I want to hear Jenna's. I want to hear Jenna's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story, oh, let's go around. Yeah. But you, you owe me an explanation, sir. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll try my best. I mean, uh, I, I, I barely understood it, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's so technically proficient. But ultimately, like, and the opening shot was just so incredible. The way it reveals itself, I was just like, this movie's incredible. The sound editing is so good. Yet, I just ultimately just wasn't engaged in it. It just feels like one of those things. It's a very personal film to Alfonso Cuarón. It's about him. Essentially, he was one of those kids he had a maid like that. His dad basically left his mom the way they did in this movie. Uh, you know, he was around during the crazy revolts and things like this. So it's a very, very personal film to me. And then usually I think personality and specificity can be a good thing. I don't think that necessarily things have to be broad for everyone. This is one of those rare chances where it's like, yeah, I kind of feel like if you didn't grow up in Mexico, I don't know. <laughs> I just didn't find as uh, emotionally invested, even when there's some really... Uh, obviously very impactful emotional things happening so i feel almost bad that i just kind of just viewed it very coldly but i'm still very very impressed with it i think it's a credible film I'm glad people love it but uh you don't know it just wasn't one that just kind of instantly grabbed me hmm. no i I'm, I'm glad that there's i'm glad that there's a little bit of negativity about this film because i just I, everything i see is overwhelmingly positive and I, and I agree with you that I don't feel as positive as everyone else seems to be I am positive about this film because I agree I think the blocking and, and cinematography may be perfect in this film in terms of like perfect from not necessarily a creative standpoint but just like shot for shot there's no there's no like interstitial space where there was not thought or creativity put into the scene does that make sense like there's oh, absolutely. no yeah there's no and that's the thing is like that's what I love seeing that and it's very hard for me not to engage with a filmmaker like that when it's like you can tell that everything has a purpose and placement is so purposeful and like set design is purposeful and tune with the whole thing and i think that's that's kind of like when i like kind of it's, it's hard for me I, I first off i'm never gonna say this movie is bad i think i agree to you agree with you though i think it's a cool message at the end of the movie but it's also like a bleak 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 message and i think that maybe that combined coldness i don't actually i disagree because i know you like bleak movies just as much as i do so i don't necessarily think it's a bleak message either but we still need to get jenna's take all right jenna let's go ahead let's move on to you sorry let's let's get let's get other perspectives here um, so I I actually really agreed with what Ben said about not feeling like a after the movie was over and I really wanted to like this movie a lot. 
Um, and it is beautiful. But at, when it was over, I didn't feel especially attached to it. I didn't feel especially like like that emotional attachment that comes with movies that I really enjoy. Um, to your point, well, I, I also, I guess, just as an overall take, I think it'll do really well in award ceremonies. Um, like, I think that's what it was kind of made for, um, just because it is stunning. But what your take on how it's coldness at the end, I, I kind of disagree with that, because I think it actually is a pretty good commentary on our current times and how, like, what do you want to bring your children? Or if you choose to have children, what do you want to bring them into? Where it's, you know, between, like, climate change and things like that, there's a lot to be said about, like, the choices you make impacting generations after you. Yeah. Um, that might... So I, I... Oh, go ahead. Please go ahead. go ahead. Oh, no, just, like, larger point is, like, I... I... I guess it might seem cold in that it's like emotionally detached, but I really didn't feel that sense. Like I think she was still devastated and, and guilty um, about wishing not to have the child. But at the end, I think it's just like a, a pretty strong commentary on like, you know, the little like pebble in the river that eventually changes the course of it, you know? Right. Uh, maybe, maybe this is my take on it too. Maybe I'm twisting. Cause that just might be the take that I came away with this movie with. I think that you can take different, sorry, I have a, I'm still very sick. I apologize that anyone had to hear that. I'll probably cut it out. Anyways. Uh, I think that maybe my take away from that was just like, I was impressed by the philosophical. Cause like, you know, just it, the shocking element of it is like somebody admitting and, and like the movie kind of rebounding and like under, like the movie understands her reason. She didn't want to have the child or bring the child into this world. And I totally thought that that is cool. It's cool that a movie can accept that there may be conditions in which life is not kind of the answer because that's just not a very normal uh take to be on it so maybe i kind of took that theme and ran down a philosophical well of my own thought process with it so maybe like your take on it is probably more realistic to the to the nth degree of like maybe it's just about like what you know what do you want to make the world versus like i guess maybe that's me i'm just more <laughs> nihilistic in terms of like oh, i can't affect <laughs> the world and jenna's like so full of piss and vinegar and gonna change the world i'm just like i have no i have no hope i'm like I'm, I'm a, I, I have no effect it doesn't matter like i'm just well, yeah i, I have to, no to effect your, to, to your to your point jack I, I i get i mean I, I definitely am like that as well i feel like that's part yeah. of the reason we're friends but, um, <laughs> that's i think that's that's also a big part of what's going on because uh something i read a uh, piece was like this guy talking to kiran interviewing him saying you know you've, you've used like either dead or absent children like in, like at least three films now what's uh what's with that and he kind of just like laid back on his couch is like well okay here we go and just like <laughs> i guess i guess for me like children are the biological oh manifestation of hope right and so like the loss of one or the absence or the or in our case maybe the um the the lack of the completion of life like it's it, 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 it is it, it, it is yeah. incredibly symbolic and metaphorical like children are a symbol in and of itself and the, the lack of them towards yeah. parenthood too potentially right. like all goes into like what your hope is for the which is not like um, I'm not like necessarily elevating cure on there. And I think, you know, he, uh, children of men is like the epitome of that. And I think he right, right. elevates that concept. It's not like a cure on 
thing. Like, there's an Avatar Last Airbender episode where they literally name a kid Hope. Like, it's, yeah. that's <laughs> not, you know, so. Um, I love if any context that we can bring up The Last Airbender. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I always will go for that. For, yeah. For that um, I don't argue, too, that it's, um you know, like, parenthood can take many forms. So while she doesn't yet, or maybe ever, I have no idea, have the chance to be a parent, she's still essentially raising children that yeah. aren't hers but right. you know has this like right. very loving attachment and you know i don't know how deep we're getting into the spoiler alerts but like has a as a huge impact on some of their lives yeah yeah and um, um i mean and first off just as a, a reminder this is like it, there's still a spoiler tag in front of the show obviously we're gonna spoil this sorry i said spoilers about earlier jenna we haven't changed my bad <laughs> okay got you yeah because <laughs> we're yeah. just Go ahead, Trevor. Sorry. Like real life spoilers, uh, the you know this movie's heavily autobiographical, and the the person, the, I think it's Lee Bon, I can't remember the name at the end. This person is based on did go on to have a child of her own. I mean, a big part of it, oh. I think, more than just. Um, but you know, that's not part of like the experience of the film, so I don't know how relevant that is to the to the to film's kind of thesis. But like, um, I part of it's class struggle too. I mean, she's right. in a better yeah. position right. to raise someone else's child than she is her own, and she doesn't have a supportive like partner, so that's right. part of it too. I, I I don't know if it's necessarily. I don't know. I think I think there's there's a reading there for like overall despair for for right. future too, for sure. But part of it's very <coughs> circumstantial as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe that's kind of where it loses. I don't. I don't necessarily understand the class struggle metaphor in this and maybe that's because as one of the children of the richer families Kuran is maybe a little bit apologetic for the richer family oh that certainly maybe, he's I, he has said as much that this film right. is like almost an apology partly to this woman that raised him that he didn't right. really realize right was and maybe like, and maybe that's yeah. why well, we're, the, the, the shot that really does it for me that that's very interesting and 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 why people are debating the, the the treatment of her in the movie um is the shot where they're all watching television it's like she's part of the family and then they go can you uh, go get us some tea yeah. you know what i mean like she's never not working and that's what i think he understands in a very interesting way and it's yeah. hard to if you well, i've never lived with it live and made and i don't know if any of us have and so it's one of those things where it's weird to have that intimacy of having someone who lives with you and it's definitely around all the time but you are paying and you have like a uh sort of employee employer relationship ultimately even if they can be somewhat more maternal and part of the family as well and i right. think the thing is he just never says one way or the other she's very much uh i'm gonna get real pretentious here she is very much the donkey in al hazar balthazar she's just a Lord. very vessel She's Lord. a she's, she's a blank vessel that kind of everything reflects off of. She's just a sign of right. perfect thing of grace. Yeah, she's very much her. She's just always strong and pure and no, full yeah. grace, yeah. and never kind of reacts against it. And it's everyone's reaction around her. Um, now she, she she has emotion. She's not a totally blank vessel, but yeah. mostly she's very quiet and interior. And when you make a very quiet interior character, some people will read that as submissive and passive and abused and some will read it as you know honorable and graceful and you know kind of i think you can put a lot of what you feel about yeah. that uh, similar situation onto it so that's why i think some people do read it as abusive in a sense but with the class struggle i mean i i think one of the sad ironies this film could have been very powerful that they used the, the mixed tech 
instead of just purely Spanish. So it's, you know, acknowledging more indigenous peoples in Mexico. But then what becomes like sadly ironic to that whole message is that the, the main actress needed lessons to learn how to speak Mixtec. So instead of, you know, oh, creating like a deeply apolo- apologetic note, instead, like when you dig a little deeper, it's in some ways, yes, definitely. But I think that's still kind of avoiding the point, right? It's like, I need a, I need the main person to look a certain way, whether she speaks the language that I need her to speak is, is irrelevant. And I think that kind of minimizes this idea of class apology as much as it could had he done different casting. I, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm usually, I, I don't know. I'm probably more apologetic for the woes of casting in terms of like the difficult, if you can show me the ease of finding somebody that would fit this role and was, and has acting experience and other things that they could fit in she, there. I would definitely believe you and, and agree with that. I just, I don't, I don't know the specifics of this. She has. Well, so why did she, why was she chosen for this role? Was it because she, he said that he spent three years trying to find the right person for the role because like, right. It was just, that, that would be my thing. Yeah. And like, she was it, the only one that even came close in his opinion to kind of approaching that. Yeah. So I mean, and I, I I get where you're coming from, Jenna. I just I just probably I probably disagree with it because like I don't know. Maybe this is my apology because you know as a student filmmaker, I totally know how hard it is to do this. Oh yeah. No, but I do think sometimes like we give George R. R. Martin all the time crap for. You know, the Dothraki and everything else and the fact that they're, you know, all or just like, you know, have a bunch of Moroccan people in there because they filmed in Morocco and you can't get you can't get non-Moroccan people (laughs) to to come to cast callings in Morocco. Um, There's 480,000 native mixed tech speakers. So it's a very it's not a huge pool of people. I mean, it's definitely not insignificant, I would say. But I mean, in terms of. How many people of those are actors, and how many of those can act well, and how many of those, you know, I'm I'm not saying that you shouldn't try, or that you know, I understand where it's coming from, but I'm also saying you are working from a smaller yeah. pool. Than I, think, just I, I think it is a fair. It's a fair criticism that this is his yeah. romanticization of his past, but I think I think like for me that doesn't make it a bad thing. Like it's his romantiza- romanticization of his own childhood and the difficulties of it, and he's expressing something. Yeah, it's very. This is one of those moments where it's like I think this is very specific to the artist that's making it. Like I, you know, this is one of those things where it's like authorialism in this context and this piece really, really, really does matter. Um, I guess and, to your point, Jenna. That, sorry, did you? I'm yeah, we have three men talking at you about what your point is. Um, you want to clarify? I wanted to bring it back to like um, I I wonder if uh, to to her point if if the like kind of class <laughs> apologists. Uh, I'm gonna go back to... through and find uh, a, like every time Trevor says to your point, and I'm gonna make a mixed track from it. I, 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 <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sorry, no, I love you. I heard it once watching some PBS like seminar video. I'm sure and thought it decided it sounded classy as a way to like, make an argument with someone. But um, uh, in favor of her argument, uh, now that you're making me self conscious. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know anyway if the class apology is the strongest uh, point of the film or necessarily what it's most focused on, as much as it's focused on being a feminist film anyway. Not to you know gloss over that by any means, but 
Um, oh, so I, I have, oh, sorry, to write five. No, 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 no. I, I, I like to like pretend like I have something else to say until someone else chimes in sometimes. It's very <laughs> <Okay>. confusing. <laughs> um, I, I actually will definitely agree with that, that it's more focused on, mm, I would, I don't know if I would argue feminism, but I probably would more argue like familial drama or even, you know, one slice of that part of time in Mexico because the colonial Roma during that era was actually especially poor. And so the family that's portrayed at the center of it is kind of an outlier for that section. And we don't see much of the, we don't see much of the colonia in general beyond the family. And so to me, that's super interesting if it's a, if it is a perspective, at least in some ways on class, when we don't see much of the rest of the colonia. And so why, the only reason I know that, because this is like, I got super excited about two and a half weeks ago, because I was I was in Mexico City for work, and I was talking to a couple of the people I was riding with about Roma and how I'd meant to see this film, and I just hadn't sat down and watched it yet. And they all of a sudden, they turn around, they're like, that's Roma, you know? <laughs> and so now it's actually like a super wealthy part of yeah. Mexico City. Um, but it's just, it's interesting to me because they were talking about how like, it used to be really, really poor. And so it went through gentrification. But then when I watched the film, because I only watched, I watched it about a week ago, I guess. Uh, yeah, a week ago tomorrow. And um, and you don't see a lot of the like abject poverty. And so that was super interesting too, just from the class standpoint where, you know, we have the, you know, the quote help who obviously don't come from a lot of money, but the rest of the family is doing very well, even when, you know, they're even when the father leaves. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is my favorite thing from the Colonial Roba Wikipedia page. Since the 2000s, the area has been has, has seen increased regentrification. Currently, Roma and neighboring Condessa are known for being the epicenter of hipster subculture in the city. Mm. And rivals. <laughs> so Plunko. it's Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn. It's Mexico City's Brooklyn. I guess. It was, it was literally, <laughs> it's yep. literally that. And I, I, I'm just blown away. That's interesting. <laughs> and it's just one of those things is like, it kind of puts a pale on this whole thing. Cause I imagine like Alfonso Cuaron going back to like hipster New Mexico and like shooting a black and white film. And it just sort of like, Oh man. <laughs> I just, well, I, yeah, that's the thing I was reading. I was this, I mean, this film has so much hidden CG in it. Uh, yeah. And a lot of it is, town replacement you know the city has just completely changed from what it used to look like and he mm. did find some older sections that have not changed since when he was his age but it's 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 it's, it's narrowing you know what i mean it's definitely not it does Mexico city and especially that area does not look like that now yeah uh, mostly yeah it uh it's it it is it is a awesome town i've never been to it and now i'm like really sad because wikipedia makes me sad that i don't travel as much as i could (laughs) (laughs) sorry uh yeah no but um it was was one of those dumb things my parents did i'm not sure it's races per se but like when i first went to trinity they wouldn't allow me to have my passport when i went because she was like you're gonna go down to mexico and get into trouble and i was like probably not (laughs) like just i mean i'm sure people did but that's not in in fact i'd actually in in fairness trusting 
college first year college age Jack was not something anyone should do, have done. So I, I don't. Uh, you all probably have pretty good firsthand experience about that. Both, you know, I think yeah, yeah. I wasn't friends with you first year, Ben, but uh, Trevor and Jenna definitely do. <laughs> hey, uh, ping pong nights down in oh yeah, I miss you know, it. I miss fond it. moments of uh, Trinity. Oh lord! <laughs> and okay, all right. Back on back on topic for uh, this. Uh, yeah, well, for this somewhat nostalgic tableau of pain. <laughs> okay. oh, God. That wow, that's a good tagline. Right? Yeah. Yeah, nostalgic tableau of pain. <laughs> I'm nostalgic. It actually, he is. It is like it does have like this sad, bittersweet, like like just like the he is it's almost like nostalgic for the pain and like what it was and what the person is and also like i agree with you too ben like her as a character like i don't have a problem with her but definitely she is the personification of his personification of that woman at the time which was you know gentle motherliness that he could like always rely on for financial reasons (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly and and i think the observation is Elements come into the uh, the film itself into the visuals because uh. he does have kind of a a god's eye view of the film. That's why I think it does feel very cold in a way because it is he is trying to make the smoothest of smooth pans. Um, it, it's actually interesting. Like the most uh, simple shots have so many setups and so many digital effects. Uh, there's a shot where she's going around turning off the lights around the house. They did not have. Uh, the room to move a camera. The house was too small. Fuck. And it was a real house. And so what they did oh is... Oh, my fucking God. They made... You're getting... You see where I'm coming with this? They made yeah. 45 individual <laughs> shots. Fuck. And then stitched them all together <laughs> digitally. <laughs> how is this... How is this 15 million? That doesn't make any sense. I have sense. no idea. I that, have no idea. Yeah. I, Mexican labor. That's all I could say. It's cheaper <laughs> to film in Mexico, Mexican. frankly. <laughs> I just imagine there's like there's like these Mexican editors and they're just like oh this fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Man, what? We should be Canadian editors. Is Central American migrant editors, right? That's that that was, and then I realized I really fucking stepped in it, and so I was trying to back off as quickly as possible. But thank you for pointing it out, Jenna. I really appreciate that that I so fucked up. No one else was stepping up to that place. No, I I saddled right up and and bunted. That's exactly what just happened. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm glad that you know uh, what I mean. I I missed something. What's the ball that was just bunted, and where Uh, is it now? Just just, uh, let's not focus on that. All the way into the stand. Okay. I just made some little kid day. Oh mm. fuck! That's um, probably so, uh, for the best. I think Jack is spluttering way too much to run after a ball right now. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I, if I, I have to go down the stairs, I'm gonna hack up a loogie. So let's let's. Oh, God. Yeah, it's oh, bad, God. man. I got I got like a little pile of tissues, and it's turning more green than tissue at this point. Oh come on, Jack! Oh, no, disgusting. All right, let's talk about more about cinematography here. Let's get us away from dying, Jack. Um. The the scene me and Jack were referencing, and it's one of those scenes that, you know, is is you know you you mentioned Jenna. This is made to uh, impress Academy voters in in a way. Yeah. It feels like this is the scene where you get every cinematographer to go, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, uh, there's Which a great is actually Kiran's kind of like on. card at this point a little bit. Like oh he, yeah, he will always have a shot. I mean, has like one. I remember you all have freaking that out about sequence. the one from Children of Men. Yeah, we were oh, like how. Insane. The, 
There, there are four. And, or and five it's one of those things children. where you think you would think, oh, and it, what it is is it's not like it's so interesting because it's not. Sometimes shots that look really complicated and hard aren't that hard. Yeah. Um, if you just think of something clever, an example is a contact. There's a famous scene where there's this entire long tracking shot, and then you realize it's from a mirror the entire time. Mm. That was just really clever camera placement and a little bit of digital trickery. It's like, but it's it's the ones that drive cinematographers insane when they can't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like the magic trick where even magicians go, "What? How?" How'd you okay. do it? Okay, it's, and it's for us, time to tell us what scene you're talking about. It is the beach. <laughs> yeah. The beach. Yeah. The beach. The beach has a scene where she is, it's the one of the final scenes, it's a very emotional scene, and uh, she's on the beach, some of the kids are playing in the water, one of the kids gets kind of pulled into like a riptide or something and starts to possibly drown, she runs out to save him and they pull him in, they have sort of an emotional moment, you know, as she saves them. Here's the thing about beaches. Making a dolly shot on the beach is the worst nightmare you could ever have in your fucking life. It is a, <laughs> dollies have to be dollies have to be perfectly centered and they have to be level. So you have to imagine you're making level on sand. Mm-hmm. That is insane. It was already insane enough that he had a smooth dolly track on sand. Then the dolly goes over the water. That makes no sense. <laughs> so didn't he just like? Didn't he? He just... basically had to build a pier that went over oh the water. My fucking god! <laughs> that he then built a track on top of. That they then had to keep level, so they had to make a level, perfectly level pier all the way out into the ocean, and they can then put a camera on and do a dolly track on and hope that the pier didn't fall into the ocean. <laughs> so Fuck me! It, it is. It is an insane task to build a pier <laughs> to get one shot. Um, and it's just one of those shots that is, and again, it is a lot of digital trickery. There's a lot of cutting in between uh, because, you know, it's also dangerous. You can't just put a kid in the water and then not have a safety guard. You can't have yeah. someone just run out in the water and then run back in. And like, there's a lot of elements. So it's, there's shots of the kids in the water. There's shots of her walking in the beach. There's shots of that. And they had to like basically mat out the entire top half of their heads and film a boilerplate image that was the sky and hope that the sky matched as best as possible because you know otherwise be obviously <laughs> lying at the top and so it's just and, one of those and that's shots the thing like, you have to realize that Christ. this probably took several days and they just had to hope the sky would match on the days that they were shooting out there to do this sort of thing so this is like this is like this is like a week-long shot type of thing where you go and set yes, up production absolutely. and it's probably pre-viz you're probably doing months of construction work to make this that's possible. why he ended up having to do it all himself is because he couldn't get a cinematographer to commit to that long of a shoot just because it was like he needed them to just continuously do the same thing every day yeah. and the yeah. cinematographer would strangle him. There's a very yeah. good IndieWire uh, interview with uh, Emmanuel Lebetsky and him or Emmanuel Lebetsky who's his old cinematographer. I mean, he'll, he'll, they'll work together again but yeah. they worked on Gravity and Children of Men and they've worked together forever and um, he was basically just like, it's very fun to see a cinematographer be like, how? <laughs> How'd you do these things? Um, and uh, I'd recommend it. It's IndieWire. Just look up like IndieWire it's, Lebetsky it's a good interview. and, and Koran. But uh, it's that kind of emotional reserve that is so interesting to me and so fascinating to watch. I mean, just the this is a movie all about patience and it's a film that required patience to make. That's also why I don't get how it was $15 million. It apparently shot for over 100 days, which is insane. 
Um, yeah, I, and it's, is anyone... like, like just that shot where like because the shot opening shot is so incredible. It's just her pushing water over this one spot, but every time she pushes water, more of it's it's shut down, but you can see the ceiling and even reveals like a plane go overhead at one point, which is not fake. That's real, um, and it's just like this beautiful revealing shot and. That takes a long time to just get the right angle and the right placement and the right lighting and the right, like, everything to get that kind of... You just don't stumble across something like that. So that's where... It's the patience in this movie that's really incredible to me, but it's also because of that, it doesn't feel as immediate because it's 48 shots stitched together, you know? It's <laughs> it's 10 days of shooting cut into three minutes. It is, in a lot of ways, has to be reserved because there's not that kind of spontaneity you can get when you just turn a camera on and let actors go you know and i feel like part of what happens when you have a film like this it's same thing happens with you know sorry i bring a lot of pretentious stuff but this is very like old school pretentious kind of movie and it's it's a very tarkovsky thing tarkovsky's actors never acted much because he had to make one camera shot in a day (laughs) he was slow and methodical and had all these blockings and all the stuff happened so his 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 actors were usually very ciphers and and it's those films are more poetic and lyrical and quiet, and so I think they can kind of work. But this one is trying to be more involved. I mean, it's a riot in this goddamn movie. Like, it's not this kind of uh, sit back and watch kind of film, and it is trying to make you sympathize with this singular person. And so I think, in a way, despite it being so beautiful, I wonder if that's what's keeping it at bay because it's. It doesn't have some of the immediacy. And Mexico City is an immediate city. There's a lot happening. That's one thing I heard a lot of people say is very good in this movie from Mexico City is the sound. They're like, whenever they go onto the street and you hear like 80 people talking at once, like that's Mexico City. There's like a guy over here selling honey and there's a person over here doing this and there's 15 people over here. It's like it's a very noisy, cacophonous city. But I think the visuals sometimes betray that because it is so removed. It almost is at a detriment even though it's so gorgeous, you know? So it's one of those weird things where, like, Itu Mama Tambien looks exactly different from this. It is more chaotic and fluid and has individual camera moves, and I feel a much more emotional connection to it, and I feel like this being more of a memory, quiet, reflective thing, even if these shots are unbelievable and I want to teach them in film class, I don't necessarily find them engaging personally. So I... I... I just... (laughs) Okay, so there's a lot... Okay, so... There's a lot to break apart there, and, and I'm not going to get to all of it. Uh, but the one thing I want to start with is I just – I do disagree. I don't disagree with your notion that he is so – he's a filmmaker that's so in control of his craft and scenery that there, that there loses a sense of immediacy. And it's and he doesn't have the skill of Spielberg, whereas it's Spielberg is very, very in control of his craft, but still somehow through directing actors can add back a certain emotional immediacy. Do you think – is that kind of what you're getting at a little bit? I think he can make great performances. I mean, he's, I've seen great performances in many of his films. I think it's just this one in particular. Right, right. He's working with non-actors also. Like, a lot of them are non-actors yeah, or, yeah. or are and, not But I, even still, like, I think... I, I don't agree with the cipher bit about the lady because... Primarily because I do feel like his other films, just the way that he directs filmmaking, he tends to 
create people to be more cipher-ish, even though they are turning in good performances. Like, like I like Sandra Bullock in Gravity, and she turns in a great performance in that, but she's still more of an audience cipher, as is uh, What's-His-Face and Children of Men a little bit. They are ciphers for events, and that's just the, his style of cinematography lends itself to this idea of this centralized person in, inside of the happening that's happening around him. And I think that's it's his style, and I think it supports that sort of thought process. So I, don't, I guess I don't I don't agree with it all being directed at her so much as it is just like his style brought to this thing, but maybe it's an unintended consequence. I just, I, I don't know. There's something about particularly the way like the, I think the immediacy is lost in the the visuals more than anything, just in terms yeah, of yeah. Where, whereas, whereas I, I agree with you because with children of men, it's like, look at this cool shot where here it's like, it's invisible. And maybe that's for me. Like, I feel like, I feel like that's something I would tell somebody that he's grown as a filmmaker, but at the same time, I don't think it has the same effect. Like I, I never went, I went, Oh, that's cool. I didn't go. Holy fucking shit. Though the shot that we're referring to is just, I don't, I still don't understand. Like so, you've described it to me and I still don't understand how the fuck it's done. And I, and I just, let me translate this a little bit. Uh, sorry, um, for me, uh, maybe for. I, are y'all are y'all basically agreeing that this feels less intimate of a film because of the way it's shot? Yes. I yeah yeah. Because I think yeah, I disagree I think- with that, but I know that I don't know as much about cinematography as both of you. So yeah. well, I mean, I, if visuals work for you, they work for you. You don't have to really know. Right, right. That's, why this is this is an incredibly subjective conversation. Like I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not going. I'm not directly disagreeing with Ben because I know it's subjective. Like I, I, I don't like. You know, we're both looking at it going. Oh, I didn't get that. And it's kind of like it's. And, and he's a good enough art. I, I, he's, I, a good, I, he's a good enough filmmaker that you have to take him seriously like that. You have to take a step back and be like, oh, you got that. That's a reasonable take to take on this film you know yeah and I, yeah. I i'm more coming in because i more understand what he's trying to do and i don't get why it's not working for me yeah versus like you know i think if it works for you it works for you and i'm gonna well, say oh because it's cold it's not emotional <laughs> i've heard people cry at this movie i've heard people say this is like the hardest they've cried at any movie this year i understand if it hits you in that way i'm more trying to process why a film can look so good and be this is a very rare experience for me where I see something that is like very incredibly well made and well yeah. made and yeah. so technically proficient. And I just left kind of going, okay, you know. Well, like I definitely see where both of you are coming from. And Jack describing this as kind of a tableau as an operative word for me, I guess, that I, I definitely see that, you know. Yeah, it's an experience. But, like here is yeah. here is this sure, thing, sure. and it's. I guess that's the thing. It's it's like it's cool for me to ingest this as a piece of art. Uh, I think that's maybe how I'm taking it more as as a piece of art that has an immediate realness that oh, makes it, is... it bad cinematography. Makes it more of a bad film. I you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of more like an art exhibit in a way. right it's like yeah. take a check a chunk of this slice and i'm glad that i did it but i agree with ben that the filmmaking and maybe performances are like you know like you go into children a minute it's a very different experience for this and it, and i think this is like that where that's a celebration of cinematography this is a celebration of something more deeply personal and, and almost the it's like he's such a loud filmmaker and that when you see him make film you know it's Curon, and I know I I yeah. know enough to know that this is Curon, but this is Curon quieted down and in a very subtle way. So it is very different than his other works. It's just crazy to me that we're like we are essentially 
um, characterizing this as like less immediate, oh, right. more removed when it is the most personal story he's ever told. <laughs> right, right, right. That's funny. Please, please do. Why, why I think it's like um, you mentioned some people cried or had a very emotional reaction. I would almost argue that it's also personal experience, right? So whether you've lost a child or sure, chosen sure. not to have a child, that would create a very, very strong reaction in a viewer because it, I, I would argue it's a very intimate movie. You know, I, I'm a little little closer to Trevor on that, I think, where it is very intimate and you feel, at least I felt super close to the family. Um, and then I think on the other hand, if you know you haven't lost a, a baby or a child, I think it would probably create a similar, very heavily emotional reaction. I think if you've ever saved a child's life and, you know, feeling, refeeling that adrenaline spike where you don't know if you're going to save them and it's someone that's entrusted to your care, or even if it's not, and just, you know, a child has their whole life in front of them. And so to watch them perish can be very traumatic. On the, the contrary is that if you if you save them or watch them being saved, you might have this super powerful emotional reaction of remembering that. And so I think that that's something to kind of keep in mind that it's like also, it's such a personal film for um, Kieran. And then for some people, it might be a super personal film just because it reminds them of, of things that they've lived whereas you know not everyone shares those experiences by any means and i don't think i don't think ben is saying that to any extent i i think more where we're coming from like for instance jenna when when i think about like moonlight and like you know peter objectively has more in common with moonlight and tyrone and things about that movie than i ever will and that's because of like you know he's gay and he has more of experience and like he has more right to that but i still when i go in to see with moonlight i have nothing in common with this guy but i am still like floored by the experience and even if i don't have things and things i think i don't think that people can have that i just i agree with you with what you're saying i just like you know i i think yeah ben, like i was very emotionally involved in in uh, barry jenkins the director of moonlight's recent film if beale street could talk which which also is a very intimate what? film and also shot gorgeously but i just and is about people in the 60s black people in the 60s going through the justice system unfairly i've never experienced any of those things right okay, and so, but hold on my my larger point though is with the filmmakers um, objective, right? So for Kieran, this is a more of an autobiographical. Uh, yeah, I just like got tongue tied. I can never say that word. <laughs> right? It's an autobiographical take, and so maybe his intent isn't for most people to feel connected, even though you know in other films it's for a larger general audience, and so you might feel connected. So I think about um, like when we talk about the Black Panther. And I had an incredibly powerful emotional experience at the end of that film, even though, you know, I, I was not directly impacted. However, Black Klansman was intended for a lot larger audience than, um, than Roma. Roma is, is intended more to just like to be apologetic or to, to reveal that light on Kiron's family. That brings up something I've been wanting to get into a little bit too, is I feel like there are very specific references to the time and place of this, of this world that I just flat out did not get that almost took me out of the movie. Like some of the entertainment, uh, like the things they show on screen that they're interacting with. Um, 
which also uh, I just I always have to bring up stuff that I just totally did not understand with you guys to see if anybody else got it and I didn't. There's one of the things that they see is a movie called the uh, the Maroons or so, the Marooned or something. It's Marooned, like it, yeah. yeah, it's in space and it's two astronauts like slowly like letting go of each other. Like like you, you get the sense that one is drifting off into space. I'm like, is he just reminding us that he made gravity? Is this is that what this is? Like why <laughs> he is this said happening? Absolutely, right <laughs> he said that's absolutely what he was doing. Yeah, <laughs> he said that like Wait, I heard are you like. Yeah. He's like, I, I just kind of wanted to admit I ripped off gravity from oh. that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Which it apparently actually... there's like references. He's he said that it's a because it's personal to him, but it's also like there's a lot of references to other movies he's made in it. Like he kind of, it's like his about his filmmaking journey as well. You know. It's okay. A bit, well, that explains it's a bit that, of that aspect well. of it. There's another thing that's bothering me though, and I, I think this is it of what I wanted to talk about. This is like when they go to the um, the relatives that have the just like mansion and the forest starts burning down and there's this guy in what I guess is a Krampus costume that just takes off his head, <laughs> decides not to help put out the fire like it's futile or something and starts singing and staring at the other side of the screen and I don't know what he's saying because it wasn't captioned, although I think it was Spanish. It was a little hard to tell. Um, what was that about? Like, cause I feel like the film thought, lingered on thought, that so much that that had to I be thought, like a cipher or, yeah. a, you know, the fire to me. And again, I think this is where like to Jenna's point and to my own and to like the broader argument about this film, I really, I don't particularly like death of the author motifs. Like I tend to be more about authorial intent, but at the same time, I do think in the making of this movie, he's sort of going for a broader perspective or your perspective looking in on the life of this sort of thing. And this is very personal for him. And he's sort of inviting you to take what you will from the experience. And for me, what I took from the experience here is that, you know, it's, it's, it's observing the human nature and the human need to help each other versus the, when that breaks down. And this is the scene, like the fire starts and everybody helps out. And that's, the counterpoint to the breakdown of society towards the end of the film and everything else that happens. Yeah. What the Krampus guy means, I have no fucking idea. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And, and, And here's an example of like where, yeah, I think it is sometimes specificity can be incredible. My, my point has always been, um, I, I really, really like the movie, a serious man, the Coen brothers film. I feel if I grew up Jewish, that would be one of my favorite movies of all time because <laughs> it like is so clearly about growing up Jewish and and having Jewish parents and going to rabbinical schools or or at least Jewish heavy schools and talking to your rabbi and it, it's very built in Jewish culture and growing up Jewish and and there's just an element of it that I'm like mm, I wish I was Jewish because I like it more <laughs> you know because I just I know there's a lot they're doing that's really interesting. And, and Jewish people can really relate to. And I think that's great and cool and exciting. It just means, but also, unfortunately, because it just means like I, I'm separated from it. So in this example, I was curious because you mentioned the song. I noticed there's a footnote on Wikipedia. And the song he's singing is a Norwegian holiday hymn to illustrate pronounced class differences. I don't know what that means. Oh, fuck me. I don't know how I would know that unless I grew up exactly where he grew up. You know, like that's one of those is things it, where it's like, is it more it, like you know where all mankind is all the same class in the face of destruction? I think so. You know, I think ultimately <laughs> that's how you take I'm it. Sorry. But I mean, I, I feel I feel really. But how do you take this it? Episode. You know? I, I talked about death of the offer for Christ's sake. <laughs> I, I referenced 
Tarkovsky and fucking Brisson. I mean, where are Just slap a Criterion logo on it and play some sad jazz music. And yeah, let's, let's we'll just, buy let's it. Let's just get out of here. Let's just get out of here. All right. Any last thoughts give before me. we do do uh, do final reviews? I have no idea what I'm going to give this, by the way, yeah. guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't like, like, I, I have no oh, I'm the idea. only one who has the score ready. <laughs> I guess I can go first. But were there any last thoughts, Jenna, Trevor? Dressed pretty much everything I wanted to, I think. Yeah, I think I have to, I, honestly. I, I guess I just have one quick question for you, and it maybe is a cynical <laughs> I asked question. Jenna Trevor. I didn't ask your ass. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so this has the most nominations ever for a foreign film right. tying only with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Ugh. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon made $200 million in the U.S. People forget that was a huge hit. Huge hit. <coughs> what, was this just a film that was that impressive, you think? Or is this, quite frankly, Netflix? Like, what do you? where do you see this? Is it just like Netflix no. wants their goddamn Best Picture win, they're going to put all their goddamn money into this? Well, was it or do you think this actually is a film that, that just... Spoke Next, to Netflix spent twenty million dollars on advertising this to the Oscars. Yes, okay, like they definitely have spent. Yeah, that, so like it's not- Netflix it- spent five million more than the entire but you budget spend, of this film. Uh, but they spent a ton of money on First Man, and First Man got no nomination. So like right. there is sometimes some things I, that don't work. I would think that some of it is like you know the Netflix machine or whatever, all this money being pumped into advertisement. But I also think it's just like. So, okay, remember, keep in mind, I'm not nearly, like, the, you know... Please, I want a less cynical than me take, so please. (laughs) No, actually, like, this is super cynical, because I'm not as heavily into movies, and I don't really notice a lot of the strictly, um, like, structural elements of movies as, as you all do. But this is a movie that, did I not have, like, a heavy interest in Mexico, I would not see and so I think that's like really important when I think of what award shows generally um, reward. You know, right. it's, it's like the whole controversy about the blockbuster films or the action um, or the uh, popular film Oscars. Are, are they yeah, fucking actually still doing that? Is that actually still? They've thing? shelved it. That's oh, all they fuck well, me. Also, like the controversy about Black Panther, you know, or when Heath Ledger um that the Dark Knight movie. It's always like what people see versus what gets rewarded, and so sure, I I think that this is a beautiful film, and I'm not surprised it got a, got so many nominations because it's not like a super pop culture icon thing. That's my very cynical take on it. It was more cynical. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to keep you on your toes occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, wow. I, I just... <laughs> I, sorry. As much as I like the film, I think if it came out in theaters and wasn't Netflix, I just don't think... I think it is... I think the Academy just needs to be told to watch something sometimes. And I think you just need a lot of Netflix to be like, this is important, you must watch this. And they're like, Fine. And yeah. they watch it begrudgingly and they're like, right. yes, it's good. Fine. You know, like there is this kind of begrudging attitude. Like there's these infamous, I'll send them around when they come out this year. Um, um, honest Oscar ballots. Hollywood Reporter has these three people who will tell, who will say they won't name themselves because they don't want to be shunned or anything. But they'll straight up say like, I didn't watch this. This was dumb. 
I don't like this. I don't know why I have to like this kind of stuff. And it's very depressing every year. Because <laughs> it's always yeah. like, I didn't watch it. I didn't care. I don't give a shit. And you're like, but I care. <laughs> why can't I be voting? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But it, I, I do wonder sometimes. I think it's I think it's a mix. I think you're right, Jenna, that it is like the kind of films they want to make. But I also feel like, would they have watched it if Netflix wasn't shoving it in their face and being like, you have to watch this? Eh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I they did nominate a goddamn Polish movie for best director, so I don't know. Sometimes Academy's weird. No, there's a lot of weird stuff too. I, I mean, it's kind of one of those things too where like I never started winning at Oscar parties until I started actually anticipating like what were the politics of Oscars because. Oh, absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's, 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 it's all it has to do with. Like, it's not an actual admission. One of the things I love. One day I want to watch it with you, Ben. The uh, Crunchyroll Awards for anime. Oh my god! Oh, First off. You've never seen. I put together productions at Trinity that are better than the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. <laughs> Legitimately, they they That's had exciting. A, they That's had kind a, of exciting. They had a web camera for their like oh, main no. camera that they had to do the feed from, and it was just off all night. Like it, it, it had like almost like two feet of headroom out of place. It was amazing. They were like in no. the bottom left corner, and there was no upper third. It was it was really the whole thing was just like tragic and amazing in such a terrible way. But it, it was legit in terms of like one of those things where like we were sitting there like they really picked great anime for like they picked a lot of weird and interesting anime and they did it not based on popularity. Like they had web polls and they did them side by side. And I was like, you know, your picking process was actually better than the fucking Oscars. <laughs> but like this is <laughs> this is total trash. This is just the definition of fucking trash. <laughs> like because it's I just I, I it was my favorite thing. And me and Trevor literally watched it and did a watch along episode for Animania where I just picked it apart and talked about like. Fucking that TEDx production that we were a part of. Do you remember the TEDx at Trinity? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how it all <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> that was that was a good time. Yeah, we had a, I had a great time. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> hey, uh, let me tell you, Jack. I work professionally now for do stagehand work, and 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 we're still way better than most people at Trinity. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, shocking how bad yeah. professional people are at things. Yeah, um, especially when you like hire people and do some of this other stuff. It's just like, you know, I, I'm amazed like when we hire people for like Duke and like events and stuff and it's like, you'll get people there and it's like, wow, y'all are just a bunch of yahoos. Like, not like they're like rural people, but it's like, y'all don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, who put this, <laughs> who, who invested in your outfit? Like, how did you get all this camera equipment? That's, that's like, the one, yeah, that's the one that you have like a million dollars in trappings and you don't know your ass from your face like what's happening <laughs> that's what it's the same when you watch some people who do something and then they make it cost more you're like how yeah. Yeah. it's not even cost efficient you're just bad yeah I'll give Crunchyroll credit they used a fucking webcam <laughs> <laughs> and they also they have audience shots that are the best audience shots because everyone's in anime and everyone's really just like talking and fucking around and like half the time they're just like you know they do crowd shots and the guys are just like in the crowd like yeah what's happening that's a cool fucking <laughs> <laughs> or like they get like a shot of like some girl addressing like a ridiculous anime costume and it's just so she doesn't nip slip on fucking live TV so it's good yeah, sorry that's a fun fun thing anyways let's do reviews of this I'm tired oh, yeah, right. yeah 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 uh, Ben I'm gonna ask you to go first if you don't mind yeah i got a score it's an eight um it's it's a very impressive film like i said before it's just so incredibly well made i do recommend everyone watch it i mean it's one of those films i you know i think i think jenna's right the personal experience can convey into it and also like jack's right that you know visually it can be very interesting but you don't necessarily have to know why it's interesting visually to appreciate it it's not one of those movies that's like kind of 
It's not like a dard film or whatever. It's not like you gotta be like, oh, he's, he's using split diopter. Like, yeah, no one, no one shit. <laughs> but us. Um, but like, uh, uh, it's just, it's just like, it's one of those films that like just anyone can agree just looks gorgeous and is worth seeing on the biggest screen you can get. Look, frankly, I watched this on Netflix on a very nice TV with nice headphones. It was a very perfectly pleasant experience. Mm. I, I, I understand you know, us on the film Twitter spheres are very annoying because they all live in Los Angeles and New York and can see these movies in theaters. Not everyone has that luxury. I live in Houston. It showed nowhere here, so I understand. Right. This is the fourth largest city in America, and it didn't show here anywhere. So don't worry if you can't see it. I'm just glad you can see it, and it's really nice that Netflix did produce this, and, and I think it's a valuable film. It's very interesting. It's worth watching, and I totally respect people who love it. I just wish it was more emotionally investing to me, and, I, and, I, and I'm still struggling with it, and I feel bad that like my opinion is just kind of... You know, I, I think y'all have brought more legitimate criticisms than I did, which is just like, I didn't really connect to it very emotionally. Um, but I think it's beautiful. I'm glad it's getting a lot of attention. I hope it wins some technical awards for sure. And, and uh, you know, it's one of those movies that I'm, I'm very glad exists, which is nice. You know, it's just nice when you see a film, even if it doesn't work for you. You're glad that person is working and making movies that people love. And, like, Quran's one of those guys. I just want Quran to keep making movies. Hopefully not every five years, but he takes a while. I get it. So... Yeah, um, he's one of those guys who takes a long time. But you know, I'm glad for him. I hope the next one works for him more. But uh, you know, it's it's still an eight. It's it's a very impressive film. So definitely <laughs> go see it. Yeah, uh, Jenna. So <laughs> I was actually going to give it a little bit lower score, but I so something you said, Ben, that I didn't think about earlier is I actually really like this like democratization of putting things on um because it does offer me more chance and i can also fit it to my schedule so it's like oh i don't have you know a solid two and a half hours or two hours to devote to a film um so i can just watch half an hour chunk and come back to it if i need to shocker Um, it didn't play in durham north carolina (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) um but at the same time i I thought it was beautifully done. I didn't have that connection to it. Like I finished it and I was just like, meh, I'm happy I watched it. But am I going to watch it again anytime soon? No. Um, However, with the Netflix little like boost, because I like that more people can access more films, um, especially brand new stuff without illegally stealing it. um, I will give it a seven. Yeah. Um, mm, Yeah. All right. Uh, next up is Trevor. Uh, can I go ahead? Go ahead, uh, Ben. Just real quick, I promise. <laughs> I just want to say this for Netflix. I really appreciate this so much. I've I've often railed against the fact because, as Jenna says, Netflix has this wide range. But what frustrates me about Netflix is they have no history on their platform. And I just today, just today, noticed that they put up a collection of filmmakers. And female filmmakers from the early silent era because people forget that there was a ton of female filmmakers before sound came along and a lot of them lost their jobs before that and it's a really cool collection um i could find it at some point maybe add show notes it's just I, more of that netflix we i really do. appreciate we that we could do like and, a like a like an episode where we just review like five of the films we might do that because it's. I'm very curious to kind of go through them because yeah. it's just interesting. I don't know but that like, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would preface it as a review. I'd preface it as Jack learning shit. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. We, it's a, it's a class. So like that's what I hope they do more. Right. And I, and I. That's all I'm saying. Netflix more of that, please. 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you. No, no, no. It's good. Uh, Trevor, you're up next. Okay. Um, I think I'm kind of similarly in a weird place. I think it's a, it's a demand. It's a film that demands respect. I mean, you know what you're looking at is good. Uh, <laughs> you know how much work went into the cinematography, and and like how much respect and thought is in the material just for like as as, as you look at it. I actually. I'm surprised that I'm. I think I'm gonna give this a slightly lower score than Ben, even though I feel like um, I was more positive on some of the points that bothered him. Well, not, not not specifically, but like I think you and and Jack specifically like understand just how like technically mastered the uh, the work that went into the film is that it just elevates the respect for it for y'all even even. More so, despite I think us maybe connecting emotionally with it on sort of similar levels, but um, I did have the additional point of I don't know the guy, the 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 jerk, um, for uh, Fermine I think is his name. The jerk friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fermine. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. Um, who is like embodied art typically just as a dick, like because you see his full frontal dick for like an extended scene where he's just like showing off and performing masculinity <laughs> and she like stifles a chuckle and like part of me like really thinks that scene is gonna go one way cause she's like, oh, come on, you're ridiculous, you know? But then like she can't laugh at him openly cause it's clearly not a guy who's comfortable being laughed at and it just goes the exact opposite way. And then I feel like kind of like an idiot for not seeing that. I just think too, um, what what he represents and the core of of guys that are out there like reinforcing the regime, the authoritarianism through like the masculine values of fascism and all that. I mean, it's very of the moment post me too with like the feminist wave and everything, and it just. That that part particularly of it, and realizing that Alfonso Cuaron, like that, I've never kind of realized this about his career because I haven't seen all of his movies, but it just has this like embedded like bitterness and hatred towards like masculinity to a certain like extent. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, is very uh, well. I mean, no, please go argu- arguably negative. You know, masculinity. Not you know, there are positive aspects. No, I mean, I think I think probably. We didn't really get into this, so you can. He probably, feel free he probably. To. Sorry, I, I, I do feel free to jump in there. For, <laughs> I obviously didn't have a worry. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think he, he always tends to have this view of fascism, um, and he couches it in negative masculine traits. Is, is maybe what? No, well, that connection. I mean that. If, Sorry, if no, I'm actually, true, I'm actually, then... I'm really shitty right now. I'm thinking of Pan's Labyrinth for whatever reason, which isn't his filmography. I don't know why. No, <laughs> no that's, I, uh, I make that connection almost directly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If that, if that were true though, um, like this is where it comes from. Like this is very, you know, like, and this gets you into the history of it a little bit. And like now I know why Vicente Fox becoming president was such a big deal. And I don't know. I I enjoyed that element of the film that elevated it a little bit for me. Otherwise, I mean, it's a really solid film for all the reasons we talked about. I think I'm gonna score it at a seven point five. Even at the end of it, I kind of feel what y'all are about. Like it's, I, it didn't necessarily leave me cold, but it's very much 
one of those films that you experience. You go on this journey with this character, <laughs> and it's like, mm. you know, I mean, tableau is still the word for me, especially when I found out how much was digitally done to, like, make the house open up so you can pan across it and everything. I think that's that's kind of sums it up a little bit. So, yeah. All right. And I am fucking shell-shocked that I'm going to be the highest score out of everybody. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't... I expected to be the low guy on this one and I'm just sort of shocked by it. It makes me kind of happy uh, that that we have... that. It's nice to see that kind of thing. I, I, I guess like a lot of what I read was just overwhelmingly positive and so I expected everybody to be overwhelmingly positive. Uh, shocker, even Ben's bringing up stuff that I didn't know about that people had disagreements about the film or, or crit- there were criticisms that I wasn't even aware of. Um, but I think to the to the point and to what's happening here with the piece i think that for me it's i think that for me uh i think it's i weirdly just i come back to this thing i think it's great art it's not the best movie and i think that's a weird weird uh bit <laughs> like separates it out because like if i separate it out into the rest of canon i don't particularly like it i like it is but i thought that like you know it made me think in ways and it, it made me engage with it in a certain sort of way and the tableauness of moving through the space as a passenger on her fits with kiran's style and like it was kiran's style to the max and you know i'm never not going to be able to like except the fact that like this is this is a master filmmaker like you know i just called the movie not that good because i don't think the emotions in play are i think they're a little bit mixed up but i feel like you you if you take it from the mindset of like not having an author and and taking away what you will from this film for me that makes it like a good piece and a good experience and something worth having even if it's like you know it's not a a typical experience that uh you choose to have but you know even from i guess that's my thing is like i'm saying oh this is weird uh it doesn't connect with me because i I agree with you it hits me cold or i we you know we go back and forth about calling it cold but i think we all are emotionally disconnected from the piece in a way uh that we've all agreed upon at least a little bit um and i think that i'm similarly emotionally disconnected from the work but for me it's a positive element of this film and that I can kind of draw things from it and then subjectively just say they are what they are. And, uh, and then I get to look at really, 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 really pretty cinematography. And let's be honest, you know, I was always going to be, uh, a sucker for that. So, you know, I never had a chance guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I give it an 8.5. So, uh, the movie gang podcast gives Roma an eight out of 10, uh, yeah, that's shockingly low for me. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I didn't. I'm just, I'm shell shocked, and I love you guys, and I love how we're all individuals that have really good perspectives. Uh, everyone, give yourself a pat on the back. This is what everyone loves to listen to a podcast. Is like, everyone, let's take it, let's take a lap, let's take a clap. We're all great. We're great. <laughs> we sa- we savaged this man's truth, and we're like, yeah, we're great. We're fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, you you poured your emotions onto the screen, and I give it. A four to five. Fuck Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. I love. Have I told you I was? I was always a much better critic than I was a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For the movie gang podcast, this has been uh, Jenna Daggett. Nice. <laughs> Trevor Flynn. Farewell. Ben Haworth. Now I just hope Karan listens to this and makes like 
terrible parody versions of us in the next movie that he then you know, murders. <laughs> he does one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, M Night Shyamalan would. God, this is just such oh, a exactly. Weird, this exactly. has been such a weird two weeks where we're just like reviewing directors more than their fucking films. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right. And I'm your host, Jack Newman, from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast. Thanks for listening. Again, if you want to head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network or the TuscanShed.com, check out all our other podcasts, including Animania and a lot of other great podcasts. We're going to be doing, coming up with some new stuff this year, so go ahead and listen into that. Uh, also, head over to TuscanShed.com backslash supporters to find a myriad number of ways to help support the podcast and its many players. Uh, from everyone here, once again, thank you for listening. <laughs>